This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me from the Southern Tier AIDS Program, otherwise known as STAP, is the Director of Programs Special Populations, Tony Fiala. Welcome to the program, Tony. Thank you. Great talking with you, as always. I'm glad to be here today. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, no problem. It's We like to have you on because it's always good to keep um, in the front of people's minds some of the things that kind of got shoved to the back burner over the, the past year. A lot of things got shoved to the back burner. My back burner is very full right now. Um, you and I both. <laughs> <laughs> I understand completely. Yeah, the sauce is just there simmering for a while. But we did want to bring up uh, some of the, the issues that has been facing uh, people that, that use the services of STAP, um, which didn't go away, doesn't go away, like so many health-related um, topics during the pandemic. It wasn't all COVID, COVID, COVID. There were still other issues, whether it be mental health, whether it be um, cardiac, whether it be, you know, respiratory issues, aging. These And, you know, a lot of the work that, that staff had to, you couldn't really shut down for a year and a half. We, and uh, thank you for that, uh, Kath. We are considered essential health, so we never did completely shut down. Um, at all because of the need for the uh, services like you've mentioned and a part of that is behavior health mental health and along with medical um, getting proper testing or the needs that people have needed we just had to relearn ourselves in a short amount of time how to provide the services while battling um, just like any other community across the country dealing with the issues that COVID brought to the workplace. Well, and the the whole shutdown thing. First of all, you're, you're dealing with uh, some people that you serve have compromised immune systems as it is. So you're rethinking some of these testing protocols and such when you were dealing with lockdown. And even now, as we're looking at you and I were talking before we went on started the taping this morning, that, you know, we all thought there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And now we're hoping that light isn't the headlight of a freight train as things, the numbers are going up again. So at least now you and the other organizations have under your belt a year and a half of experience of, of how to logistically deal with this, what is going on right now as far as Southern Tier AIDS program with services and what should people that need to utilize those services know about getting a hold of you and and getting what they need? Sure. Well, uh, what we've done, we still follow our um, CDC recommendations and protocols. I mean, as you are aware and the communities are aware, with the vaccine, Um, that uh, the majority of the folks that work for Southern Tier AIDS program do have um, have had the opportunity and have received the shot. And I believe at one time, or excuse me, both uh, doses of the vaccine, is at one time it was over 80% of our folks working here have been vaccinated. However, as we know with the variant and the different things that are going on and CDC recommendations, right now we've just week how we're providing services um, in the sense that we may be providing one program more um, outside in a parking lot under a tent for privacy 
or with our HIV testing, you still can make an appointment um, on our various social apps or call the office like we had one just before you um, you and I um, touched base that somebody wanted to do a walk-in. We have a policy and philosophy we never refuse because this might be the only time somebody has that opportunity to come in or, or quite frankly, they face their fear of what knowing what those test results possibly could be. Right. So we don't refuse. And um, also we have offered a lot with especially HIV the first time to be able to give a um, folks a HIV home test kit and walk them through that process. So we continue to take temperatures. We follow, like I said, CAS, all CDC guidelines. And right now we're kind of um, doing business as usual as best as we possibly can, um, seeing what's going on specifically with the county executive saying what's going on in Broome County yesterday. Um, we've been monitoring, we monitor it at just about every hour. Right. Yeah. I mean, things, things have kind of stabilized from when we were all pretty much just, it felt like we were on a playground merry-go-round as a little kid with the bully at the controls and just spinning us at the, the, the fastest rate of speed. It's, it has slowed down a little bit, but it's still that, that degree of uncertainty. As you mentioned, with the this particular degree of uncertainty regarding the COVID and the degree of uncertainty if you are worried about your HIV status, has there been a problem with people? I know there's been a problem with other health issues like uh, mammograms and, and other screenings where people, because of the pandemic, held off getting screening. Has that been a problem that you guys have been seeing it, as well? It wasn't so much, uh, Kath, it wasn't so much of a problem for, say, getting an HIV test because really what the theory was not to help uh, individuals who made that a wise choice to get tested you can go on Amazon and get a home HIV test kit, okay. or if you've seen on many of the commercials, you can do one at home. But the thing is, especially where the challenge was with COVID, many humans, including myself, being living alone and being cooped up or, you know, in the sense of living in my own little bubble, trying to do that test. But if there is something that, um, you know, that there isn't uh, that maybe somebody is reactive with their HIV test is walking through them with that process when I'm in one location and you're in another location. So people have been able, people have really taken advantage of the service of getting an HIV kit. Where we saw as a community in general throughout the eight counties that we serve, but also I know across the state of New York from the Department of Health AIDS Institute, there was a bit of a rise in sexually transmitted diseases. So people were not, folks weren't capable or at the time it wasn't high on the list to get safe sex practices. So getting those condoms, that lube, or using PrEP, that's where we, that was the bigger challenge than uh, for us than getting tested. When- so we ended up, Kathy, so what we offer is we would do curbside service for somebody so if they needed um, safe sex practice condoms, lube, etc. We would meet them, you know, in their driveway or whatever, or at times we have mailed. It just got so, so expensive mailing out. So, you know, we tried to modify that as much as possible. 
So we really promoted on our social app that, you know, we are here. We can make deliveries. We can mail it. We could do whatever. But, you know, please practice safe uh, sex practices. What about some of the other support services that STAP has provided? Uh, I know there's a lot of counseling involved, a lot of education about nutrition and self-care and things like that. There's also been uh, uh, services that would help uh, the people that are ill with animals, which, of course, animals mm-hmm. have been a big support through this whole COVID thing, too. But it gets expensive with medications and also taking care of animals. And you guys have always stepped in and helped with that. How has that been impacted with one? Once again, attention being sidelined away from other needs in our community that maybe you haven't been getting the donations and the 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 people with that in the front of their minds has had been a little bit sure. before all this. Well, yeah, no, it's a great question, um, and it's one I know a lot of local not-for-profits have faced, and you know very well, you know, our, our Mary Kaminsky, our Director of Development, so it has been a very challenging time because, as you know, we have some very unique and fun <laughs> fundraisers like our bartender bash and our hair wars and a lot of right. that money unfortunately in 2020 and uh, you know we're already in august in 2021 a lot of that um, suffered in that sense so with mary's development team and with the the teams that uh, i work with directly um, we just really modified we were very fortunate enough that many times aids institute department of health would be providing like one, you know, we access to condoms was very easy. In the beginning, when we shut right down, I never dealt with the home, like I was mentioning earlier, home HIV test kit. Some of those were provided by the state. Um, There was also a lot, there was some flexibility on how we were allowed to use some of the funds because the bottom line is about what you said, the continuous care of that client, but also their lively, uh, where they're living, so their home or their pet or those. So we counted on a lot of where we got donations in for if people were staff or uh, their family were traveling. We counted a lot on shampoos or, <laughs> or from hotels or right. if they had anything left at home. So we really chipped in very well as a organization with our donors. We asked, you know, if you could drop something off, that would be beneficial. It was just really, the best way to put it was rethinking how we do business in this type of environment that we've faced for the last year and a half. Well, last, you, we mentioned before we started our, our taping, we did a lot of talking before we started taping, Tony. Um, we do. We always do that, though. <laughs> well, one of the things that we talked about was one of your first appearances in this you know, job that you have with Southern Tier AIDS program. We were talking about PrEP. And mm-hmm. as long as we're on that subject, let's talk about PrEP and what is going on with that. And was that impacted by the pandemic? What is it if people hadn't heard of it? And why is it important? Okay. Well, PrEP is for anybody that is HIV negative, who is sexually active, and or using drugs regardless. It doesn't matter of gender, relationship status, or sexual orientation. It's only about the risk and what's good for you, okay? So it's uh, one pill every day, and it lowers the chance of acquiring HIV up to 99, 99% through sexual contact. And I always use 99%. Uh, I don't think anything is at 100 but 
uh, as far as I've seen through the state of New York and CDC, you know, it, it's really high up there in the sense of that particular uh, protection. Uh, many insurance companies uh, cover some degree of it. Uh, Medicaid covers it at 100% in the state of New York. Um, and it really is one pill a day. The challenges of it that some humans find, folks, especially a, maybe a younger generation, is you have to be tested every three months, so every 90 days, have a HIV blood uh, test. And um, so that could be a bit of a challenge for people, or we're dealing with a younger population. Oh, I got to go to the doctor's again. Oh, I got to do this. Yeah. So, uh, but PrEP has stayed consistent. We have advertised. Um, heavily through social media apps, um, as you are aware, where we where we did see a good increase in interest uh, was this past June, where the uh, Pride Coalition of Room County held the annual Pride event in Otsunigo Park, and we tabled there. Um, so we don't provide the the prescription for the medication. We have a really good. Um, a good relationship with Cornerstone Health and with United Health Services. So we're even willing when you're coming in for an interest in PrEP is to, if you uh, want us to, we'll set up the first appointment and we're willing to go to, to the doctor's appointment to help break that ice or the unknown to make sure you're comfortable in the situation and your questions are answered. So PrEP has really done extremely um, well. Um, we really haven't seen, Kathy, a drop in services with that particular program. Well, it's good to have at least one thing crossed off the list uh, health-wise to be worried about when you're worried about, you know, COVID as well. You know, have have one other one thing that you're guarded against, so that you know, it's like I got my flu shot for the first time ever because I figured the worst, you know, that would be worse is getting COVID and the flu. So I mean, it's it's getting as many things checked off your list as possible is probably not right. a bad idea. Absolutely. I mean, our biggest challenge I I know in the programs that I oversee, which I oversee about eight of those here for for Southern Jury's program, the biggest challenge I faced is. What you talked about earlier when you're talking about the services for the individual to live a healthy life, the biggest one, we have three under my um, umbrella of services, three housing programs. As you know, across the state and across the country, there was a moratorium then it was um, then it was taken off, it was brought back by the the federal government. There is really no housing stock anywhere, and mm-hmm. we have waiting lists of people who has a compromised uh, immune system trying to find appropriate housing living arrangements. That is my biggest challenge on the table right at the moment. Wow. Well, Tony, we, I, we were talking about how fast this goes. We're out of time. Um, where do people get a hold of STAP um, online, calling you if they need services, if sure. they want to know what services you have? How do they do that? Yeah, you can, first of all, any of our services are right on any of the social media aspects. Just look up Staff Inc. or uh, uh, Staff uh, Services that you can find right away. You can call our offices at any time at 201-9375. That'll take you into services. Or you can call 272-4098. Or just like I said, use the social media app and it'll take you across. 
Thank you very much for being my guest today. We'll talk again soon, I promise. You got it, Kathy. <laughs> Great talking with you. Take care of yourself. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. More there have been fewer, but we're doing the peak average.